Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our online family. If you're watching from Victory Santon or Victory Boxburg, it is an honor to be with you this morning. If we have not yet met, my name is Jean-Michel, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just excited to bring the word. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And this year, we've been dealing with a new thing. Come on, God is doing a new thing. He's doing it in you. He's doing it in me. He's doing it in our church. And that new thing is called Closer Walk, Greater Encounters. It's the vision for us for this year. And we believe God is going to do powerful things through it in your life. And last week, we got to explore the idea of Closer Walk, what it means to walk closer with Jesus every day. Not a one-time deal, not something that you do every now and then, but something that happens every day. It involves laying aside everything that distracts you, laying aside even the things you're doing to impress God, to try and get close to Him, and to give more space, to make more room for God to come in, for Jesus to come into your life. And so I encourage you to go and check that out uh, if you didn't watch the message. But today we get to talk about greater encounters. Come on, greater encounters. We believe that as we have a closer walk with Jesus, a closer walk with God, a closer walk with His church, a closer walk with His body, that we are going to have greater encounters in our life. Greater encounters actually flow out of a closer walk with Jesus. And there are so many great, amazing encounters detailed in the Word. Times where people met Jesus and it changed their life. You know, I think about myself. I've been in church my whole life. Some of you can resonate with this. Maybe you grew up in church. I grew up in church. My parents were pastors. I was born on the church floor, man. I was here from day one. And I grew up in church, so church was normal. God was normal, and that's amazing. But the problem with that can be that, you know what, I, maybe I didn't develop my own relationship with Jesus. And fortunately, at some point, I had my own encounter with Jesus. And people ask me, you know, growing up and even now, from growing up in church and always being involved in ministry, I came straight out of university, straight into full-time ministry. They asked me the question, you know, did you always know that this is what you were going to do? No, I didn't always know, but I always encountered. I always encountered Jesus. It's not about going to church. It's not about religious ideas and traditions. It's about encountering God. And we believe that this year, God is going to encounter you in great and amazing ways. And there's these moments where people encountered Jesus and it changed their life. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like this. I've had moments like this, multiple of them especially in times of worship where I've encountered God in a way that I can never deny, a way that sets me up for life. In fact, there are moments I can think back to in my life where I encountered God, where for the rest of my life, it will hold me. It will point me back. It will be my true north compass back to God because I can never deny that in that moment, I met Jesus. One of those moments in the Word is with a man called Zacchaeus. Come on, everybody say Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus, yeah, come on. If you know the story, he was a little dude. That's who Zacchaeus was, right? Little in stature, but he was also a tax collector. Now, a tax collector in Jesus' time, ooh, they were bad dudes. You can imagine like a loan shark, 
someone who will give you money, no problem. But they'll also take money out of wherever they can from your whole life, from your body, whatever they need to do to get their money back. That's who tax collectors were. They were known as sinners. They were known as bad people. And this guy Zacchaeus was a known tax collector in his town. But he had heard of this man called Jesus. And he wanted to see Jesus. But he knew he was too short. If he had to try and get in there in that crowd, he was never going to see Jesus. So what he does is he climbs a tree, a sycamore fig tree. And he gets up top there to try and see Jesus. He was doing what he could to encounter Jesus. He didn't know why, but he had to meet Jesus. And as Jesus is coming down the road, he notices Zacchaeus in that tree. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I'm coming to your house. I'm not going to encounter you here on the street. I'm going to come to your house. And that's exactly what Jesus does. Despite what everyone has to say, because Zacchaeus is this huge sinner and he's this bad guy, everyone says, Jesus, going to this guy's house? How can he do that? How can he go and eat with sinners? And we've heard this many times. Jesus was labeled a friend of sinners. They labeled him a sinner himself because of the company that he kept. But Jesus knew what he was doing. And check this out. It's not right for Jesus to come into our hearts. It's not right by rights for Jesus to make his home in us. But Jesus comes to the broken. He comes to the lost. And in this moment, Jesus realized that Zacchaeus in his own way was trying to reach God. But Jesus was coming to him. And when Jesus comes into Zacchaeus' house, out of nowhere, he stands up and he just begins to declare, you know what, if I've wronged someone, then I'm going to take half my possessions and I'm going to give them to the poor. If I've wronged someone, you know what, I'm going to pay them back four times. And in that moment, Jesus has this encounter with Zacchaeus that changes his life forever. But Jesus knew that he needed to show Zacchaeus that no matter who he was, no matter that if the whole world labeled him a sinner, Jesus would still come to him. That's a great encounter. Come on. That's where Jesus comes in despite our fears, despite our failures, despite who we are. He changes our lives. That was Zacchaeus. There was another encounter that changed a man's life. At the moment, his name was Saul. And he was a Pharisee, a persecutor of Christians. If you know the story, then you know he becomes Paul in this moment. And he is on his way to persecute Christians. You know, he is not just thinking about it later. Maybe I'll do this sometime. Saul is on his way to Damascus to go and persecute Christians. This is what he wants to do. And in that moment, he's riding with a couple of friends. In that moment, Jesus appears to him as a bright light and knocks him off of his off of his horse and in that moment he blinds him crazy story it says that his companions looked and they had no idea what was going on because they heard the sound but they couldn't see anything what Saul was seeing no one else could see and he was blind for three days struck blind Jesus says why are you persecuting me I am going to change your life. Paul has this, or Saul has this crazy encounter with Jesus. And Jesus tells him to go to a city and to go and wait there. 
At the same time that Jesus is doing this, Jesus is encountering someone else. His name is Ananias, and he's just a Christian. He's just a believer. He's just a good guy. And Jesus says to Ananias, I need you to go and find this man called Saul of Tarsus, and I want you to go find him in this town. I want you to go pray for him because he's blind. And when you pray for him, his sight is going to come back. And Ananias says to Jesus, how can you ask me to do this? Because he's a persecutor of Christians. What kind of guy this is? I'd rather he stays blind. But Jesus says to him, my purpose is greater than you could ever imagine. Go, go and do this thing for me. And that's exactly what Ananias does. He's not mentioned before and he's not mentioned after. He's just a normal Christian like you and me. But he has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus tasks him to do something. And when he goes... He touches Paul. The scales fall off of his eyes. He begins to see again. A miracle takes place. Unbelievable. And he becomes Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. Most, most amazing story because of a great encounter. Jesus doing something powerful through people, through ordinary people like you and me. But a great encounter that God wants to show us today is not detailed in the Word, but we know that it happened. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, I would love to read in Luke chapter 23 from verse 32. You can read with me. This is a story of Jesus' crucifixion. It's such a brutal and difficult time for Jesus, for his disciples, for his followers. But even in the most difficult of times, God moves and encounters people in a life-changing way. So check this story out. I want to read to you what happens. Luke chapter 23 verse 32 says this, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed, with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, Golgotha, they crucified Jesus there along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Verse 35, the people stood watching and even the rulers sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and they mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar. And they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Verse 38, there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. And so from left and right, people are mocking Jesus, mocking him, sneering at him, jeering at him. They're offering him wine vinegar to quench his thirst. They're, they're mocking him left, right, and center. The people, the rulers, everyone is against Jesus in this moment. Verse 39 says, One of the criminals who hung there next to Jesus hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He mocks Jesus to say, you save yourself and you save us. If you're the Messiah, you can do this. But you obviously are not the Messiah because you are not saving anyone. And check this out, verse 40. But the other criminal rebuked him. 
Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. These powerful words, Jesus answers him, truly I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. This moment right here, this is a great encounter between this man who is fairly and justly paying the price for his sins. He calls out to Jesus and says, remember me. And Jesus responds to his heart and says, today, you will be with me in paradise. But the encounter I want to focus on is not the one that's happening here on the cross. It's what happened in that criminal's life, weeks, months, years before he ends up at that cross. You see, for this criminal hanging on the cross to know that Jesus is Lord, to understand that Jesus is Messiah, to understand that Jesus can save him, that criminal had to have an encounter with Jesus before this day. He didn't just get that revelation in that moment. He came onto that cross knowing who Jesus was, knowing he was the Son of God, knowing that he was wrongfully being broken and killed for crimes he never committed. And so that's the encounter I want to talk about today. You see, it's never written if this man ever encountered Jesus personally, but this man knew who Jesus was. That means either through other people, or maybe he was on the outskirts one day listening to what Jesus had to say. Maybe he was busy busy on his way to go and see what he could steal or see what he could do. He was a criminal. He was a bad dude. And he caught glimpse of this man walking there, healing people, touching people's lives. And somehow that encounter with Jesus changed something on the inside of this criminal. And what I want you to see today is this criminal's life does not change. He does not turn away from his wicked ways. He is justly and rightly punished for what he does. By his own mouth, he says, we are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He was not a good dude. And I want to say this to you. Zacchaeus, he was not a good dude, but Jesus encountered him. Saul was not a good guy, but Jesus encountered him. This criminal hanging on the cross, he was not a good guy, but Jesus encountered him and changed him on the inside. And you know what? You and I, we're not good people, but Jesus encounters us nonetheless. He comes to our house. He comes to where we are. He finds us in our brokenness. He finds us in our sin, and he says, I am the Lord, and I will save you. You see, this criminal knew who Jesus was. At some point, even though his deeds never change, on that cross, he never repents for what he did, but he knew who Jesus was, and he believed, he trusted in Jesus. Have you ever felt like your deeds have disqualified you from being that close to Jesus? Have you ever felt like who you are and what you have done has separated you from Jesus and there's no real way back? 
Today, Jesus is saying that he wants to encounter you right here today, and he wants to change you from the inside out. You see, the great encounter, that great encounter that happens, it happens on the inside, not on the outside. You see, you and I, we're waiting to meet that one person, maybe that businessman or that pastor. Maybe we're waiting for the senior pastor to come and pray that special prayer over us, and then our lives will change. But what God is interested in is what's going on on the inside of you. He wants to encounter you and shift you and change you from the inside out. We're not waiting for some great encounter out there. We are getting closer to Jesus, a closer walk, which results in great encounters on the inside. See, what God is looking for is fruit. That encounter, that great encounter, produces fruit. In that criminal, what fruit did it produce? It produced faith. It produced trust. It produced a recognition in the goodness of God a recognition of his own sin, his own brokenness. See, in that moment, the criminal realizes, you know what, I am, I'm not worthy. But Jesus, if you will just remember me. And that word remember is a relational idea. Jesus, will you remember my face? I don't just want to know you, I want you to know me. Remember me. This is a relational idea. And that fruit, that is birth, it had been mulling for years, for, for a long time inside that criminal, changing who he was. See, his identity as a human was criminal, but his identity as a child of God was beloved. And even though he couldn't put words to it, and even though he didn't really know what he was saying, he had found the truth of who Jesus was, that he was a savior a Messiah, one who saves us from our brokenness. God is looking for fruit in you. He's looking to encounter you to build something new inside, something that's going to change the way you think about yourself, the way you think about others, the way you treat people, the way you treat people in your business, the way you deal with people in your family. He's looking to change you from the inside out. What God will do in you and what God will do through you. See, a great encounter doesn't just change you for you. It changes you so that you might have fruit in other people's lives. You see, in the criminal, Jesus, through however means, whether he met that guy or whether he saw him or heard a message, whatever Holy Spirit used to connect that guy to Jesus, It changed him from the inside. What God does inside of you is he shifts you from the inside out. And then what God will do through you. You see, that criminal didn't realize that the words he was saying to Jesus on that day, he thought it was just for him. He thought, you know what, Jesus, I'm dying and I'm dying rightly for my sins. Please save me. I need you. I need you more than anything. And so will you please remember me? He thought he was just talking to himself. But here we are 2,000 years later and we're still talking about what that guy said. We're still talking about how Jesus saved him. You see, the fruit that God used through that encounter even impacts us to this day. God will use what he does inside of you, that great encounter to impact the world around you. You see, in that moment, the criminal silenced 
the other guy who was sneering and jeering and mocking Jesus. He silenced him and he told him, we are being rightly punished. And his words echo through the years. His words echo even to this day. Even if you are the worst of the worst, Jesus will use you. He'll change you from the inside out. In the criminal, God encountered him and shifted something about his spirit. Even though his actions didn't change, even though he still was a criminal, on the inside, God was shifting his identity. And through that criminal, through that man, you and I get to see the heart of God, a heart that loves, a heart that saves. My question to you today, my challenge to you today is what is God doing in you now? What is God doing? You see, this year, it's closer walk, greater encounters. And as we make more space for Jesus, as we open up more space for the King to move in our lives, our closer walk with Jesus generates encounters, encounters with Him through worship, encounters with Him through the Word, encounters with Him at church, in our business, with our family. These little encounters happen, and slowly but surely something changes inside of you. Those great encounters, they leave you never the same again. Zacchaeus, never the same again. Saul, never the same again. This criminal, it was with Jesus that day in paradise, never the same again. And you and I, God wants to do something inside of us that will leave us never the same again, but not just in you, but through you. Come on, great encounters is the thing that empowers us, stands us up, and gets us to move, that when we have those great encounters, God will touch our family through it. He'll touch our business partners through it. He'll touch our communities through it. He'll touch our churches through it. He changes your life, but He changes everyone's life through it too, if we will let Him move in us. And so my, my challenge to you today is will you receive a greater encounter a greater encounter is not something that happens outside. It's not some person you're just going to do. Yeah, God will bless you and favor you and bring the right business your way and the right people. You won't even know where they came from. They'll just come into your life and move things forward. That's our God. But God is far more interested on what's going on inside of you than what's going on out. And when He, he changes you from the inside, He changes your outside too. When you're looking for breakthrough, let Him move inside. It's the encounter that you need. And from that encounter... The outside changes. What is God doing inside of you? And what is he gonna do through you? I want to excite you today that whatever God's doing in you today, maybe you're going through a season of challenge. Maybe you're going through a season of toughness, of dryness. Maybe it's difficult. Everything that's going on in your life, he's using to do something through you. Just like he used this criminal, even to this day, he will use you to touch and change people's lives. I believe it with all my heart. My question is, do you believe it today? Do you believe that God has a plan for you right now? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask right now that you would come inside. That, Lord, you would move in us. That, Holy Spirit, you would begin to birth 
greater encounters in us right now. That Holy Spirit, you will begin to birth something fresh, something new, Father God. Lord, just the way that all these men encountered you, Jesus, we want to encounter you today. We're not satisfied, Lord. We're not satisfied with what we've had before, but we want a greater encounter. We want to be used by you to touch our families. We want to be used by you to touch our workplaces and our colleagues, our schools and our churches, Father God. But we know that it's you in us, you through us. Father God, and just like you changed this criminal's life, Father God, we pray that you're going to begin to change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.